You're listening to Earshot from WXXI News. I'm Veronica Volk. This week, Afghan refugees are relocating to Rochester in search of a better life. But when they get here, they're still facing obstacles. Culturally, everything is diff- difficult, was difficult for us. Plus, while everyone turned to new hobbies during the pandemic shutdowns, this retro sport made a comeback. 2020 was a screwed up year to be to not know anything. But the weirdest thing was getting out. There's a whole bunch of people on roller skates. And New York's new governor announces a new lieutenant governor. I never in a million years would have imagined I would be standing here. All that from your local news podcast, Earshot. Support for Earshot from WXXI News is provided by Rock Fox Recording and Production, presented by LegacyCast, audio and video recordings of loved ones telling their stories for posterity, produced in a full-service studio located in Bushnell's Basin. More at rocvox.com. This week, the U.S. is continuing its withdrawal from Afghanistan, and the Taliban announced they would not be letting any more Afghans leave the country. For years, Afghan interpreters and other American allies have been able to come to the U.S. using special immigrant visas. And according to the Catholic Family Center, there are currently about 300 Afghan families living in the area. My colleague Noelle Evans has been reporting on what happens to those families when they do get here. She has this story. Noor Siddiqui was evacuated from Afghanistan in mid-June through a special immigrant visa, or SIV, along with his wife and children. He's now resettling in Rochester. Culturally, everything is difficult, was difficult for us. My kids was like getting in the middle of the night, getting up, and they were calling my parents, my brothers. During the war, Siddiqui was stationed at Jalalabad, where last week at least three protesters were killed and more than a dozen injured during an anti-Taliban demonstration. Siddiqui worked as a translator there, assisting U.S. troops for years. Since his arrival here, Congress passed two bills that expanded eligibility for SIV applicants and helped to streamline the process to evacuate. Advocates like Ellen Smith say it came far too late for many whose lives are in peril. Smith works with an organization that helps wartime allies. It's called Keeping Our Promise. She says Congress's bills also left out another key aspect of the equation, resettlement. It's just a challenge for these families to get them housed. I'm not sure how we're going to handle this. In Rochester, like much of the U.S., the housing market is hot. Low stock, high demand. Today, some houses are being sold at more than twice the price they did 10 years ago. But the social service benefits that SIVs and refugees are entitled to that would pay for housing haven't been adjusted in that same time frame. Lisa Hoyt is the director of Refugee and Immigration Services at Catholic Family Center, the primary resettlement agency in the Rochester area. The housing situation, as I talk to my colleagues across the United States, is the same right now. Um, everybody is facing the same problems, um, both lack of housing and affordability. Despite that, Hoyt's more optimistic than Smith that Afghans who've managed to evacuate will have a place to live. 
But housing is just the first and most immediate hurdle. Walid Omid Habibi, who came here in February with his father, is still acclimating. I think resettlement is a complicated process. It's not easy. It's not only apartments, you know, house, furniture. It's not only this. Habibi says adjusting to the culture, getting help with paperwork, and getting access to emotional support services are just as important. On top of all of that, he says access to higher education is a major barrier. Habibi already has a master's degree in political science, but he's unsure whether it will bear any clout here. A Sunni school would be an obvious choice, but both he and Siddiqui would have to wait until next year before they'd be eligible to apply as New Yorkers. That waiting period is something that states like California and Colorado have eliminated by changing state laws in order to waive the residency requirements for refugees and SIVs. Smith says making that happen here would help both people like Siddiqui and Habibi and the local economy thrive. We're dealing with civil engineers and accountants, people who have um, trades experience, and it's just really important to try to recognize the skills that these families bring. Siddiqui says that despite the obstacles, he's been grateful to make Rochester his home. But he can't relax until he can guarantee that the rest of his family has safe harbor. Especially now that the Taliban have said they will not be allowing any more Afghans to reach Kabul airport to evacuate. I'm always thinking about them, that what's going to happen to my, my family order. I survived, my kids survived, but what about others? Noelle Evans is a reporter for WXXI News. Hi, this is Evan Dawson from WXXI. And if you're enjoying Earshot, then you'll want to subscribe to our other podcast, Connections with Evan Dawson. That's me. On the podcast, you can catch up on discussions about current events, arts, politics, and interesting people. Subscribe to Connections with Evan Dawson, where you subscribe to Earshot from WXXI News. The pandemic shutdowns had some bizarre effects on society. Despite the obvious hardship of isolation and people being separated from their family and friends, there were some other weird outcomes— Like when the price of lumber skyrocketed, for example, because all these people started building new back decks and other DIY home improvement projects. Another thing that happened is people started roller skating. I saw this on TikTok a lot, and this actually happened to one of my colleagues. After decades, she picked up a pair of roller skates and went to a roller rink. And when she did, she found this awesome community of Rochester skaters. April Franklin has this story. This spring, I put a pair of roller skates on my Amazon birthday wish list. It was a joke, but someone actually got them for me. So, of course, I had to give them a try for the first time in 20 years. I packed them up and headed to Skate Lover's Roller Palace in Rochester. It's the kind of place with a disco ball and a strobe light and old-school pop music playing through the speakers. When I got there, the place was packed all socially distanced and masked, of course. Matt Singleton owns the place. 
skating has come a long way, but um, I realize it's a place that I embrace because it allows you to be yourself. Singleton makes skating look easy. You can't tell by his effortless moves, but he is 58. He grew up in Rochester during the heyday of roller skating in the 1970s when rinks were all over the city. He says it kept him out of trouble back then. I remember Tommy's Olympic USA Skate Town um, Miracles. For a teenager, it was like a nightclub. By the 90s, the sport started losing steam and rinks across the U.S. closed by the masses. The same thing happened here in Rochester. Today, there are only two rinks left. There's Skate Lovers and there's Horizon Fun Effects. Singleton is among a generation of older skaters who are dedicated to keeping the culture alive for people like me and 21-year-old Clara Matten, who only started roller skating last year. I do still take those bad falls and like, it still does beat me up, but like, I'm doing that right alongside all my best friends. Whether it's the rink, derby, or skate park, there's a magic about roller skating that brings people together. Matten agrees. I'm hanging out with people of like every race, every gender identity, like everyone can come there and feel like it's a safe space. And like, I think roller skating has helped transform skate parks into that kind of a safe space. Matten was one of many skaters I met while hanging out at Bruised Brigade, a custom skate shop in Rochester. Betty Payne is the owner. She came to Rochester for a fresh start in 2020 after serving time in prison. She was amazed by what she saw. 2020 was a screwed up year to be, to not know anything. But the weirdest thing was getting out. There's a whole bunch of people on roller skates. Payne quickly immersed herself in the local skate community. Now she's the one to go to for custom skates. Business is great, but Payne says there's a more important goal. It's community first, retail second. You got to take care of your community. If you don't take care of your community, you might as well just shut your door. I am so proud of you. Roller skating is not just a trend. Everyone has their own skate journey. For me, it brings me back to my childhood. For Singleton, it kept him off the streets. And for pain, it helped her through her sobriety. And it builds community, not competition. You know, when you do that one thing that scared the hell out of you, it's that, that group behind you that's like, we got our hands at your back, man, you got this. That's what community is. And that's what the skate community in Rochester is. April Franklin is a reporter for WXXI News. And finally, Kathy Hochul was sworn in this week as New York's 57th and first female governor. I'm going to be the best damn governor this state has ever seen. Local Democrats responded to her inauguration with a hopeful optimism. Other community leaders chimed in, too. Deborah Hughes is the leader of the Susan B. Anthony Museum and House. She says Susan B. would approve. She's the kind of governor or elected official that Anthony most appreciated. She believes she is elected to serve all the people, not her political party. And now we have a new lieutenant governor as well. My colleague Karen DeWitt has been covering this story from Albany. She has this report on former state senator from Harlem, Brian Benjamin. 
Benjamin, aged 44, born to Caribbean immigrant parents, is a graduate of Brown University and Harvard Business School. Like Governor Hochul, he began in politics by holding local office while working as an investment banker. He eventually was elected to the state Senate in a special election in 2017. The seat was once held by David Patterson. Patterson left the Senate to become lieutenant governor and later governor when former Governor Elliot Spitzer resigned in a sex scandal. Benjamin addressed a rally in Harlem. I never in a million years would have imagined I would be standing here as the lieutenant governor of the state of New York. But God had bigger plans for me. Benjamin is a strong criminal justice reform advocate. He co-sponsored bills to end most forms of cash bail and strictly limit solitary confinement in the state's prisons, among other measures. He's also a backer of the so-called defund the police movement, which advocates for shifting resources away from police and into social services when dealing with drug addiction, the mentally ill, and the homeless. He says he'll help Hochul with the state's major challenges, including fighting the spreading COVID-19 Delta variant. We just thought we were getting out of COVID and here we are. We got to put the mask back on. But you know what? We owe it to each other to keep each other safe. This is not about any of us. It's about all of us. The choice of Benjamin as lieutenant governor was praised by progressive groups. Citizen Action, in a statement, says it's a chance to push forward with a people's agenda that benefits the many and not only the wealthy and well-connected. But the appointment received blowback from the state's conservative party. It said in a statement that Hochul is declaring war on police funding and making a political calculation to cater to the party's left. Benjamin won't be formally sworn in until after Labor Day. That's so a special election for his Senate seat can coincide with the scheduled November elections. Hochul says she wants to save the taxpayers' money by not holding a separate vote. Karen DeWitt is the Capitol Bureau Chief for New York Public Radio. You've been listening to Earshot from WXXI News, and we want to know what you think of the show. Drop us a line at earshot at WXXI.org. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast to keep up to date on local news. Also, leave us a review and recommend us to your friends. And find even more of our content on our website, WXXINews.org. Music this week from Blue Dot Sessions and Poddington Bear. I'm Veronica Volk. Thanks for listening. This program is a production of member-supported WXXI Public Broadcasting, Rochester, New York.